Lynn Law, once again, Welcome to episode three of Eagles Don't Hunt Flies, the show all about the life and career of John Moxley. And I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and here with me are Dickie Bird and Brandon from New Jersey. And third episode, guys, third time's a charm. How are you two this month? All ready for Christmas, Dickie? Are you excited for Christmas? Christmas, yeah. Uh, I mean... It's a hundred degrees outside. Um, you know, to me that means Christmas is coming, I I guess. Um Oh, that's but, right over there. Yeah, it's like is it not like the peak of your summer? Yeah, so look, look, I didn't mention this in the last episode, and I probably should have because you asked about Halloween over over here, and now you're asking about uh about Christmas. Um for those who don't know, I actually grew up in the United States as a as a child from the age of three until eight. So, um, you know, I was I experienced true Halloween and I also experienced true Christmas, I guess. So at least the the type that you see on on all the different uh, ho- uh, straight to TV Hallmark movies or whatever. Mm. And. Uh, when I moved back to New Zealand, all these things became just horrifying. There was no Halloween. No one cared. I'm still <laughs> bitter about that and and refuse to take part, even though everyone's like, yeah, Halloween. I'm like, where the fuck were you 30 years ago? Yep. Um, and, and in terms of Christmas, you know, I will never forget the, 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 the I guess the, the, the feeling, the Christmas feeling, the, the, the the type of feeling that you guys will have in terms of you know the weather and it's cold but you know late at night you snuggle up and you know sit in front of a heater and all that sort of stuff i will never forget that i still understand that when i watch you know movies and all these sorts of things i don't know how i'm going to teach my son like christmas is supposed to be cold son i know that it is 100 degrees outside um and, uh, you know, trying to explain why snow is associated with this time of year. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, it is, uh, it is, uh, balls sweat hot here. Uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, I have definitely embraced the heat here. So, uh, it's, it's chonklers and wife beaters get the guns out and shorts and everything. So I can't really complain too much. Well, of course, for me and you, Brandon, you know, it's all uh, snow and rain and freezing cold weather. I don't know, you know, you know, we might be feeling more Christmassy, but I think Dickie's got us beat on the, uh, on the weather front, hasn't he? But, I mean, full disclosure, we are recording this on the 24th of November, getting it in early. So it was just Thanksgiving in America for you, Brandon. How was that? Ah, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite holidays of the year. I mean, uh, non uh, pilgrim uh, 
propaganda and whatnot. I don't, I, I don't celebrate that part of Thanksgiving, but it's it's always fun to get together with uh, family members you like and uh, bullshit and and eat great food. And uh, I mean, some people don't like turkey. I'm, I, I dig turkey. Turkey's good, especially if it's brined or brined or. Uh, or and whatnot, uh, it's proper seasoning. It, it tastes pretty good, and all the sides, the sides are great. Mac and cheese and whatnot. It's it's always a good time on Thanksgiving. I'm a, I'm probably the only one that celebrates it. I, I, as a matter of fact, I am. I don't think that the British. You guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving, right? No, right? No. It's just a, it's a regular work day, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, a regular so, work day. Uh, yeah. The British people are miserable cunts and have nothing to be thankful <laughs> for. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is, it's grit weather, man. Uh, the fall, I mean, and getting the cold rain, leaves all over the place. Got to gotta do a proper rake job when uh, all the leaves are done falling. Everything's brown and grim and gloomy. It gets dark early. I mean, you know the vibes, Martin. That's, that, that, that's, that's, that's the weather out here, man. It's I not do indeed, but I imagine this makes your job like 10 times harder coming to this period. Uh, so extra parcels and all that sort of stuff. Oh, this is the the grind season, baby. Uh, I took a personal day today. Black Friday is usually a nightmare. I, I have enough seniority where I, I chose <laughs> not to come in today, and I, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. You uh, ex- triple the work, and uh, oh, it's it's chaos. Coming all the way up to uh, close to New Year's uh, should be a fun fun grind season. But I uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I usually dig this type of year though. Uh, it's coquito season, man. Can't, can't, can't. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's good stuff. Excellent. Yeah, my brother works for Royal Mail, and yeah, he's exactly the same. It's just chaos all during December. But I mean, before oh, we exactly before we get into that, and obviously before we get into the main bulk of this show, um, <laughs> guys, Mox didn't make it into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. First year on the ballot, I think. Only got 13%. I mean, there's a whole argument about whether active wrestlers should actually be going in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, only 13% for Mox. Come on, Dickie. He deserves more than that on his first go-around on this uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Look, I am unfortunately one of those people who 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 thinks that of, of active wrestlers. Uh, whether or not he should have got more than 13% or, or all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I, I talked to uh, Eric Marcotte about this and, and his opinion is if they are, uh, you know, if they will, if they're basically going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point, then you may as well just vote for them now. What does it really matter? Whereas I personally like to be able to see the the I get the breadth of work of mm. the individual, you know, the, the, the start, middle, and, and end. Problem is in pro wrestling is that no one ever really retires. So how, how, do you, <laughs> how do you really do this? But, you know, I kind of think that maybe it's, it, it's like U.S. president. You, know, you have to be over a certain age or, or, or something like that. But, you know, Roman Reigns didn't get in. Sam Punk didn't get in. The young bucks didn't get in. John Moxley didn't get in. You know, and that's you know, but who did get in? Tomohiro Ishii. And the man is like a hundred years old. So I think that that works perfectly fine in in that in that sense. So look, uh, he'll go in. He's a shoo-in, 
But yeah, I, I kind of am of that that opinion that maybe just let them get to a point, um, either retired or after a certain age, and then and then go oh, all in. Yeah, like Ishii's understandable, isn't he? Because he's surely going to be winding down in the next couple of years. But I'm in complete agreement with you. Yeah, it should be a certain age or a certain sort of like many decades in the business. Or, or it, it seems like something that you get when you're older, you know what I mean? I always associate Halls of Fame with like older sports people, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, uh, I mean, you got to be in your, he's going to be four years from now, like mid 40s. Is it not? wait? He is mid for in his fifties. He'll be in the whole thing. Like, I, yeah, I mean, there should be age limits. Like, I mean, but <laughs> you get some guys that are going to be working till they're in their seventies. Like, they'll never retire. Like Dicky said, it's so, insane. Like, I, 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 I mean, I, we're kind of like maybe showing our ignorance a little bit because there, there is criteria. Somebody's probably yelling at their thing. It's like, oh no, you have to something, right? There is eligibility. But whatever it is, maybe it was based on, you know, like back mm. in, um, back, you know, remember when they, the, the Vince got rid of Hogan because he was too old. And I think what it was, he like 32 or something, <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and it's like older looking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think maybe it's based on that kind of thing. Whereas like, you know, now, you know, all these guys like Finn Balor and AJ Styles and stuff, they're all in their 40s and they're, you know, they're still, they, it's not like they've got a deadline on their careers or anything like that. So maybe it just needs to be adjusted, whatever that criteria is. I can't, I don't want to say that I know because I really don't actually care too much about this Hall of Fame. It's like, uh, uh, like, the guys like Jericho and freaking Edge or what's he called? Uh, Copeland. <laughs> Those guys are like 48, 49. They're still, still like leading their, their companies. Like it's insane. Like they're still in, they're still in the fingers, finger, hyperbole, fingers. What do you, what do you call the thing? Hypothetically, they're, they're in their primes. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> what was that about fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, I, I was raising my fingers up, like, you know what I mean? But anyway, like, yeah. Have you been I, hitting the Kikitos earlier? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't, what, you need 60% of the vote to get in? I, I don't know. It, I don't, whatever. Pro wrestling, uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, uh, the Hall of Fame, but uh, I'm, I'm sure someone's throwing their uh, chocolate at me, calling me an idiot for you, not getting one. You need 60% of the vote to be voted out, too, Brandon. Did you know that? that? When's when's Chris Benoit getting that? Ah, oh, see, I was trying to be subtle, but anyway, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, because it's all minefield, isn't it? Trying to get into these, uh, especially for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Plenty of podcasts have been talking about that this month, mm. but we're not here really to talk about the Hall of Fame. We're on to episode three of the show, and I know, I know, at the end of last month, we did say we'd be talking about Mox and Renee on Total Divas, but you know, due to it being the holiday season and whatnot and timings and everything, we've decided to push that episode back till next year. But we've got something just as fun this month. We're going to be talking about Mox's many, many entrance themes that he's had over the years. If you're a bit of a fanatic about music like me, you know, you really enjoy, you know, people's different entrance themes. This show is going to be, you know, 
a bit similar to where music of the mat on Voices of Wrestling, we're going to be listening and talking about a number of his entrance themes. But before we get into that, I wanted to know what, what music are you guys into? I mean, for me, it's mainly sort of like heavier stuff. I'm a lot more open-minded than I was when I was younger. I, I listen to a variety of stuff now. When I was a teenager, it was like, oh, it has to be metal. But now, you know, I, I, my horizons are a lot broader. But I'll mainly fall back to sort of like my comfort blanket that is sort of like heavier stuff i love discovering new bands at music festivals and things like that but brandon what you know what's on your spotify or apple music playlist this year well i mean app uh, on my apple playlist it's it's a smorgasbord of different stuff like i mean coming up growing up i i, I was hip-hop and, and whatnot i mean uh like uh dig, 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 digital underground and uh, black sheep and and uh, Tripod Quest and Tupac and whatnot. But, uh, the Dipset a, Christmas album. Oh, Dipset Christmas album rocks, dude. <laughs> I recommend that to anyone who who's listening to this. Please, for the holiday season, pick up the Dipset Christmas album. It's great. My wife's already <laughs> sick of hearing it. So, uh. <laughs> oh, come on, it's 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 a good spin around the world. It's it's good. It's worth a spin or two. Uh, but uh, like in the early like in the two thousands, I was into like. I was going through a bad time in my life and I, I found like in flames. I discovered in flames and uh, the agony scene, some uh, heavy metal and the Opeth and whatnot. And it helped nice. me get through, uh, get through my dark times in life. So uh, I, I appreciate good, good, hardcore, good metal and uh, good dark metal and good Swedish metal too. Uh, Look, I would say that I've got a, uh, a complicated relationship with music. Um, it's mainly just because I don't, I don't really subscribe to a particular genre. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess I do, but I, I, I'm not, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like you. I don't, uh, like, I, I, I'm not, um, what do you say? Like, I, 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 I'm not, you know, tied down to just one genre if something piques my interest, but it, it does tend to be a lot more electronic stuff. Um, it, it tends to be more of the kind of French European sort of underground electronic stuff um, like justice or um, to mm. a certain degree, Daft Punk, Mr. Wazo, boys noise, that type of stuff. That, that's, that's me. What? Betty Benassi. <laughs> Never. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're like, a DJ. You know, then, Not what you're talking about. This is about the thing. <laughs> the, the more the more popular like DJs, like oh god, Avicii and yeah. Well, I don't even. I've never heard of that. You know, and it's like the the those like more popular ones that you might hear at like a pizza and stuff like that. I I've never been interested in that that type of thing. Um, but when I was growing up. Um, I was all over the place. You know, I was the kid that listened to Korn and Dr. Dre 2001 album and yeah. um, the the soundtrack to the South Park movie and uh, the songs of Springfield um, from The Simpsons. Uh, just this, like, I just, like, just like this very strange kind of like trying to discover what 
I mean, some of that stuff's not even really music. Like it's, it's show tunes and stuff like that. Um, but eventually I would definitely go into a kind of angsty phase that, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that I, I have some relationship with, with Moxley's music in, in this episode, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get to. But look, at the end of the day, I'm just a fan of, um, particular songs. I'll hear a song and I'll either mm. like it or, or not, you know, and I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, like the other day I was, was the last weekend. It was the, uh, the Las Vegas Grand Prix for the Formula One. And I was watching this opening ceremony, which was just so bullshit, but it was, you know, a bunch of musical acts playing a, a song and the whole thing kind of ended up being like a melody, but between different, you know, acts and, you know, Journey was there and 30 Seconds to Mars and all that sort of stuff. And then Kylie Minogue pops up and she starts singing this song that I'd never heard of before. And I was kind of like, oh, that's actually, it's actually, I quite like that. I've, I've never, I've never listened to Kylie Minogue before. I'm not a Kylie Minogue fan, but I listened to that song and I'm like, oh, and I put it on my playlist and I've listened to it a few times since. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is banging. But again, the, the under, the underlying thing is that, you know, it's very electronic-y and all that sort of stuff, which I, I, I do, I do sort of uh, gravitate towards. If, if so it you wasn't were to the, ask it me. wasn't the duet with um, Jason Donovan that she was singing then. <laughs> All-time oh, classic. <laughs> classic. That's well, this is just, classic. I mean, but that's just it. Like, it's like I've never had any interest in listening to Kylie Minogue because it has been just pop music-y sort of stuff. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it just it really, when it comes down to it, my iTunes, Apple's, my Apple's music playlist is just a, a mixture of all sorts of different stuff and and I'll, I'll listen to to all of it because you know whatever. Yeah, it's funny because as, as much as I was mainly into metal as a teenager, I remember it was also the period of the super clubs and the super DJs. And here in Sheffield, we had a massive one called Gatecrasher, and so that was open till six in the morning. I got in, I'd left somewhere at about two a.m. And someone invited me to this place. And I was like, oh, fucking dance music or whatever. And I had like the best time going there. Because it was just a place to go and drink till 6 a.m. or whatever. But yeah, it was brilliant going and watching all these DJs and stuff. I had a right, a right blast there. But it will be interesting to all our opinions on these um, entrance music. Because it does sound like we've all got a, a diverse taste in music. So um, without further ado, let's get on to the first one. Because... Mox did dabble with a few themes when he first started, and obviously we're not going to cover them all here, just the main ones, because when he first started in CZW, he didn't start with the theme everyone knows him from, from the Indies. We'll get to that next. He actually started with um, My Own Summer by the Deftones.
So this is from the second Deftones album, Around the Fur, released in 1997. This was a huge track at the time. I remember this was absolutely everywhere, all over MTV and playing in certain rock clubs. I was a massive Deftones fan, late 90s, early 2000s. Big fan of this track. Saw him a few times. Always fantastic live. And um, I think this track works perfectly for Mox. Swagger as he enters with that, you know, slow rift as, as it sort of like builds up and builds up. And the opening lyrics of, hey, you big star tell me when it's over will the last one please shut the door song definitely about sort of like rejecting the status quo and just being yourself and um and also one of mox's favorite bands that's right and uh we took a bit of a hiatus last last episode because he didn't really want to talk too much about brock lesnar and his book but (laughs) we uh we go back to story time with dickie bird and open up the uh, the critically acclaimed autobiography is it autobiography autobiography yes yep. by John Moxley Mox and uh, he goes into this quite a bit. There is a, a section within the uh, within the chapter called Training uh, where out of nowhere it's just like he does these sort of great graphic kind of things like just out of nowhere he'll do like joke from Claudio. Um, he does, he has this one that just out of nowhere in the middle of this, uh, chapter or at the end of this chapter, he says, uh, it says, spin it up, Deftones around the fur, 1997, around the fur being the, uh, the album name of the album. This album captivated me, drew me in, sucked my body into the CD, like some poltergeist (laughs) shit. I got this album in Detroit. Dad had been transferred there, and one weekend he came down to Cincy to pick me up, and we drove the five hours north on the I-75 with the sunroof open. I stayed at his apartment for a couple of days. It was 1997. I was 12. A potent mixture of testosterone, angst, and trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in the world brewing inside me. I remember on this trip, we went inside a sporting goods store. I had just started junior high wrestling and I was obsessed. All the other kids had nice Asics gel headgear. I didn't have any money to buy cool headgear, so I wore some goofy-looking shit from the 1950s that the coaches gave me. It was uncomfortable and uncool, and it always fell off too. I remember lifting the nice cool A6 gel headgear while I was in that store in Detroit with my dad. If he would have known, he would have beaten me into a coma. Uh, So I guess when he refers to lifting, he means shoplifting. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure how I acquired Around the Fur. I'm going to go ahead and say that my dad bought it for me because it's a nicer story, but it's entirely possible that I shoplifted that too. But let's go with the Disney version. Thanks, Dad, for buying me one of my favorite albums ever. See, that's just much better, isn't it? Let's start with the cover art of Around the Fur. Uh, And I do suggest people have a look at this. A photo of a chick in a bikini with a tattoo. I was 12. Check. (laughs) The opening track, the classic, My Own Summer. Starts with just the most badass guitar lick, 
is it a lick? I like this part because I don't know what a fucking guitar lick is either. <laughs> so he's like, a guitar lick. I don't know. Is it a lick? I've ever heard. I used this song as the entrance music for my debut match in CCW. The first time I wrestled at the ECW arena, which when I was 12, this was my myth- my mythical place, a castle built of bricks of cool. I would later use the Deftones Rocket Skates as entrance music a time or two, though that's off a different album. The title track is one of my favorites. Just chill, 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 then speak. Going from highs to lows, heavy to mellow, slow to fast, is a hallmark of the Deftones sound. In research for this piece, I went to Wikipedia and learned that this album incorporates elements of new wave and something called shoegaze. Cool. I also learned that upon its release, some music critic named Robert Christgau dismissed this classic as a dud. Listen here, Rob. You can go fornicate yourself on an iron stick. (laughs) Call around the fur, call around the fur a dud to my face, and I'll fucking headbutt you and put you in a bulldog choke until you apologize and write a sincere letter of apology to the Deftones. I'll even make you get that shit notarized just to really make it a pain in the ass. Fuck you. Be quiet wow. and drive. The other big single here is a classic. Just a great song to listen to when you need some space. Mascara, a spooky song that will affect you. I'm all about her shade tonight. Shudder. Die the Flu is a beautiful, aggressive, and tragic-sounding song. One of my all-time favorites. Chino, the Deftones vocalist, is at his best here, displaying an array of emotions and range. Head Up, a collaboration with... Max Cavalera of Soulfly is just the shit. Heavy fucking metal. Fucking Chino vocals mixed with classic Max vocals. So unique. Put that shit on and get on a bench press. Guaranteed new personal record. This album is me at 12 but also me today. It never gets old. Wow. It's safe to say that uh, Mox is a huge Deftones fan. He's a big Deftones what a, fan. What a great advertisement for uh, for this album, by the way. And I mean, in all seriousness, like, and I don't want to jump the gun, but I mean, I was more of a, of a, white, a white Pony fan. Agreed. Um, and, nah, this but is only, the one. but, well, this is, and, and I only say that just because I caught on late. You know, this is, this obviously yeah. predates the, what we, you know, White Pony album. And then, so then, the, 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 just listening to him describe this, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do after we finish recording this episode? I'm going to listen to this fucking album and listen to every single song cover to cover. And, you know, if that, if that, if, if that doesn't make you want to do the same, I don't know what will. Didn't the Diaz brothers come out to uh, change in the house of, uh, House of Flies for uh for oh, their, did they? Their, their fights. 
Uh, well, we'll have to we'll have to ask uh, Eric Marcotte on that yeah. one. But uh, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised that, that I mean that is obviously a, a, a huge single too. Um, so yeah, they're big depth to marks too. Hedup works for me better as an entrance theme. I think I don't know about you guys, but how do you feel this works as um as a wrestling entrance theme for an, an indie wrestler? I think I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty different than uh, anything that we're used to, right? I mean, we're used to like like bullshit uh, <laughs> WWE stuff, and when you hear something like this, it's pretty uh, pretty pretty rad stuff, right? Because I'm not really I wasn't really following indie stuff at the time, like hardcore. I mean, I went to a couple shows and whatnot, but I mean, when you hear something like this, it's, it's I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, I think it works particularly well. I mean, you you described it uh, pretty well, Martin, in terms of you know how it and and and, and Moxley descri- describes it uh, very well as well. Chill, 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 then speak. Um, that aspect of it, I think, really works. The, the only thing that I would say is from from like a, a w, like if you were the WWE. And you know, like everything is has to be a, a an exercise in branding and and mm. recognition, and you know your your audience. You treat them like fucking idiots anyway. So something like this would probably be lost on them, and it's got to be, you know, something that you like. I, I said, I think I said in the last episode that his WWE theme you know, worked because it, it, it you recognize what it is in the first one second, um, which you probably might not necessarily in this unless the individual was a, a huge big star. But, of course, mm-hmm. being on the indies and all that sort of stuff, being in CZW, like all that shit doesn't matter. You did, so it's not who cares. In that setting, I think that this is the perfect music and, you know, really helps describe the individual that he is. Yeah, because in WWE, it's got to be immediate, hasn't it? Whereas this is like a slow build into the It's the Royal Rumble. It's basically just the Royal Rumble thing, right? It's like you've got to get the pop in the first second. And if you don't, Mm. then you've failed. That's basically it. But, you know. A bit bit of a sidebar. What actually makes a good indie theme, do you think? Does it got to be a recognizable song to get the crowd on your side? You know, if they might not, you know, you as a wrestler, it's, you know, I mean, for all the faults, this is what progress did really well in their early days, matching sort of like a known song with a wrestler's personality, really got the crowd behind people before they even know who they are. You know, like Osprey, for example, having shoot thrill just after Iron Man came out, that worked really well for him when, you know, he wasn't as known as he is today. I mean, what do, do you think that works really well for an indie theme, that it's got to be a song everyone knows, uh, Brandon? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, for example, uh, New Jack and Mustafa, you know, they came out to Natural Born Killers. And mm. when that theme hit at the ECW arena, the, the building quaked. Uh, I mean, no matter what you think of those guys, I mean, and I have a varying opinion on uh, New Jack for, for for obvious reasons. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, when certain themes hit, for, for the, it, the theme makes the rustler and uh, and like certain stuff like that, like it it gets the building absolutely batshit crazy. I mean. Like every hero needs a, needs a good theme song, and and if you if you have a good theme and the crowd's already on your side, it's you're already 
fifty percent halfway through the match. So, oh yeah, it, it's it, it just hits. It's it's like a dopamine hitting hitting you when you hear something like that. It's pretty awesome. See, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't have to be something that is well known. Um, because I'm the perfect example. Like I I keep myself pretty much away from a, a lot of stuff. I let I let things kind of hit me naturally. I don't really listen to the radio or anything like that. You know, I would, I, a lot of the stuff, you know, I would probably hear for the first time through maybe like wrestling themes or something. My opinion is that it's got to be well-timed. You know, that's really the key. You can't be choosing a song that doesn't get uh, to like a crescendo to maybe like two or three minutes in because like maybe you want it, you, you, you want it to do certain bits at certain times when you are either entering or getting into the ring and, and that sort of stuff. You know, I kind of think about it when you used to make videos before I retired was it that the perfect music track was one that, you know, was going to help the audience get into it as opposed to one that's like, Oh, I really like this song, but it's like a fucking ball like to, to listen to until something good happens or all that mm. sort of stuff. Of course, the other alternative is, you know, editing this music. I don't know if too many, especially back in the day, you know, Mox would have <laughs> music editing software or something. He's just like, here's a fucking CD and just chuck the thing on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, my opinion is, is basically, I don't think it needs to be that, that well known, but timing, timing is everything. And, and this particular track, um, this this Deftones track, I mean, I, I think that it doesn't take too long. Um, from what I can think, like, Change in the House of Flies, like, it takes a while. It's probably good oh, for yeah. the UFC entrance because it takes them a while to get down there and, and get their mouth guard in and all that shit. Um, but I think that would just be, uh, yeah, just take far too long for the the crescendo to hit sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, but that song that works though in the indies because they have nothing but time. I mean, they have a curfew. Did they have curfew laws back then? I don't remember. But he had he had time to get into the ring before the crescendo hits, right? They might have nothing but time, but they've also got like a fucking entrance way that's like <laughs> three meters long. Like, I mean, you know, you come out behind the curtain and it's pretty much it. You know. Scott Hall, remember, never forget, he came out to uh, the Fuji's for an ACW run. Oh, classic, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about so, that, yeah. So when that song hit, man, for Scott Hall, it was totally different, but it it it, it fucking it fucking rocked, man. It it was awesome. It was it was totally I was not totally expecting him to be a big Fuji's mark, but man, it was it was unbel- it was it was pretty dope. So obviously Mox didn't as Dickie laid out with Mox talking about that in his book, he didn't use that for um, for very long because um, he moved on to... Did he get a another... BCMA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> if they're not doing it now, they definitely weren't doing it back then. <laughs> he used one that became, became more synonymous with him in CZW and, and a theme that he used um, on the Indies for a, a couple of years. Um, that was Shitlist by L7.
So, yeah, Mox used this for the majority of the time before he signed for WWE and then um, even used it after WWE when he rejoined GCW. Um, I was also a big L7 fan back in the day. I had a few girlfriends who were really into that Riot Girl movement that was started by the likes of Bikini Kill and continued by L7. And This starts off with a great riff, sounds really rebellious even before you get to the lyrics. You know, much like the Deftones, it's about not giving a fuck and doing what you want. Perfect, perfect for uh, Mox's character. And also used by Brian Pillman when he was in ECW, mm. which is a clear influence on Mox mm-hmm. here. But um, this is very synonymous with uh, Mox on the Indies, isn't it, Brandon? Oh, yeah. This song was so gritty. I remember uh, when, Pil- I guess, Pillman left or whatever to uh, WWE or whatever, and uh, they used to play the song in the bumpers and stuff like that for ECW TV and shit like that. So that song, that song was a total kick-ass banger. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's once again, another – Moxley Moxley has good taste in music because <laughs> this one definitely sets the tone. For like total ass kicking when you're when you're when he's going to the ring and he's gonna absolutely murderize somebody, uh, yeah, it's that's it's a banger for sure. Was this a track you were familiar with before uh, watching any of Mox's indie run, Dicky? No, it, it, it wasn't actually. And you know, this is this is one of those things where I, you know, I'm I'm glad to be doing this episode with you guys because I'm gonna learn you know, a, a few things, but no, I've ne- I never, never heard of um, L7 and, and never, uh, never, never really heard shit list. And to be honest, like even when, you know, Mox does his indie run, like, I mean, the music's pretty poor. It was only until like for preparation for this episode that I kind of go back to those Nick Gage matches that we literally watched for this, for this series. Um, and I went, Oh yeah, that is what's playing in the background. Um, just with the crowd and, you know, it's, it's obviously coming over that the house speakers is not, it's not being pumped into the, to the, to the, like the show audio track or anything like that. So, um, it's, it's interesting for that fact, just because, yeah, you get to kind of, um, notice it, but you know, it's, it's, I guess this is kind of where I come into it and just be like, it's probably not something that I'm would, you know, that I would listen to, you know, as in it didn't quite grab me. Um, I was actually there for one of his indie matches. I can't say for a fact that I remember the music that he came out to Um, obviously remember the music Nick Gage came out to, but yeah, I, I would probably, you know, in my opinion, you know, I definitely feel like he, it should have stuck with the the Deftones one going forward. But I agree with Brandon. Like it is still like it is still shit kicking music kind of thing. But I, I you know I like the the, the Deftones track more as just like this kind of mysterious sort of almost almost type of like psychotic kind of you know you don't know what you know is he going to be quiet quiet and then just explode kind of like the music i i feel it's it's very much him whereas this track it's also him but yeah it is just bang 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 um it still works but yeah it's it's not one that's probably going to be added to my apple music playlist and plus it's also like lays down for his opponents as well you know you're on my shit list sort of thing and i don't know because mox has talked a lot 
obviously about his love of the Deftones, but I couldn't really find anything where he talked about L7 or this track, which is a shame. Because This was also on uh, Natural Born Killers, too. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's got, it's got quite a lot of play, quite um, a lot of places, because L7 were, like, fairly big in the 90s, weren't they, for just, mm-hmm. like, fuck you, we don't give a shit, you know, sort of thing, like, Reading Festival in the UK, the crowd were getting a bit larry, so she pulled the tampon out and threw it at someone in the crowd, and on the word over in the UK, like, you know, tearing it up on there and things like that. So very much, um, you know, with the aesthetic Moxes trying to come across with in these indie run, you know, this I don't give a fuck, you know, fuck you sort of thing. They definitely sort of like fit in with that. Them and them and Kitty, man, they were <laughs> my favorite all girl group bands back com- coming up uh, when I was younger. <laughs> they rocked L7. But obviously that's Mox done on the indies because um, he signs for WWE in 2011 and spends a year in developmental. And then obviously along with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins call up to the main roster as The Shield. And they make their debut at the 2012 Survivor Series coming through the crowd, which would obviously become synonymous with their entrance. But they didn't start using their theme straight away. This is special op by the legendary WWE composer, Jim Johnson. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. So with the title of the song and the opening with the NATO phonetic alphabet spelling out S.H.I.E.L.D. and with the gear of all black combat stuff, it was pretty much like a hammer in the face. This is a special forces unit. I mean, I'm not such a big fan of the theme. It serves its purpose, but I, I got tired of hearing it, especially because Roman kept it on for such a long time after they all <laughs> broke up as well. But it's, it... it, it I still find myself sort of like nodding my head and banging my head every time I hear it, it, Brandon. It definitely serves its purpose of, you know, what they wanted for The Shield when they first debuted. Yeah, it was, this song was definitely a banger. Uh, uh, the Tribal Chief, when he adopted it, I wasn't a big fan of him adopting this theme, especially when his, uh, both members are ones are going their separate ways, and he, he basically co-opted the whole group's theme. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that, but yeah, the song and kept and kept the gear as well. Absolutely, he was the only one wearing the bulletproof vest <laughs> and the jerk off symbol. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this song definitely served its purpose. Like uh, when when it, when it hit, like uh, like. These guys are jumping the guardrail. Moxus and them and the crew are gonna definitely kick the shit out of you. It was, it's definitely an ass kicker theme uh, for sure. Really sets the tone for the yeah. show. And the- <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. Actually, I, t- I I shocked to hear that this was or to see that this was a Jim Johnson track. Um, I just I think it must have been one of that- the last few that he did before the yeah, the it probably would have been. Before the separation, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really know what happened. I mean, I know like the the CFOs they had like a falling out and stuff, but did Jim Johnson really like? Didn't he just like I don't know, stop working? Did he get fired or something? What happened to him? I think they just binned him off, didn't they? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 
Um, but uh, the, you know, it, it's it's that classic thing. I, I remember those old videos of him, you know, just sitting there with a guitar. What was it like? He would just like do the themes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he'd just be like, "Oh, you just, you know." Is this is what I see, and so I just grab a guitar, and he just like you know does the 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 sort of the theme. He was the Quincy Jones of uh, wrestling themes. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I really kind of feel that in this as well. You know, he's just like you know hard, tough, kind of coming to kick ass, kind of kind of thing, and. Oh, yeah, like you said, Martin, it's unfortunately ruined because of it's synonymous with uh, Roman's terrible babyface run that lasted far too long. Um, and, you know, his his current music is far and above you know, oh, yeah. better than, better mm. than this. Um, but, again, it's just it's not even bad. It's just I get PTSD just, just hearing it. <laughs> Because because of Roman Reigns, not not of the Shield, but you know, the, for, for them, I thought the again when we talk about WWE music, you know that the the phonetic alphabet at the start and the, the little kind of sort of noise that it that it makes is is that believe it or not, like is enough for people to 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 pop and go oh it's the Shield kind of thing, and it it's funny because it's. So like the music afterwards, it's not really even that important because by the time that music comes on, like you've already had the pop and, you know, is it, it really could have just been anyone's anything. But, uh, yeah, this definitely isn't going on my Apple playlist. <laughs> Thanks, Roman. No, as Still much as I do... As much as I, uh, as much as I love some of Roman's matches around that time, I feel like some of them were underrated, like especially the AJ ones and stuff like that. Yeah, it just become synonymous with them trying to shove him down your throat and that whole babyface run that didn't quite work. So yeah, it kind of it's kind of lost a, a bit of its what they were originally intending it for. I kind of f- feel like they should have retired it after the Shield in, initially broke up. Definitely agree there. But I suppose we can jump to uh, 2014. Because um, all the Shield go their separate ways. Um, no longer brothers anymore. Roman and Dean, you know, didn't have a direct falling out. Seth was the one to turn on them, but they did go their separate ways. Ambrose debuted new ring attire, jeans and a vest. And a new theme on the June 16th, 2014 episode of Raw. Um, obviously, we just mentioned there, Roman kept the Shield music and attire. So Mox, the second theme called Retaliation by uh, CFO. This is a theme I really, really like. I don't know how it's regarded by fans or, or whatever, but I've always really liked this theme because it does do that thing instantaneously. It, you know, it hits straight away. Not the most original, but it's a great way to pop the crowd and also a great rundown song with a guitar coming straight in so big at the start, Brandon. 
Is that a guitar or a bike, uh, a Harley going off? <laughs> Is it not both? <laughs> Turn two. <laughs> Road rush. Yeah, that theme also. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's dope, man. I still have this on my on my uh, on my phone too. That and the shield. I mean, that, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a. With, CFO, he's he picked up the slack after uh, Jim Johnson left, and uh, he came up with some bangers. And this was another one. Like when that, when you hear that guitar riff, and, and you, you see the, the the boot cut jeans and the the vest, the dude is ready to kick ass and and possibly get tossed like thirty five fucking times by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a tone setter too, man. It, it totally. Uh, when I when I heard his theme, like I totally popped. Uh, I was excited for uh, for whatever the outcome was that he was going to endure in, in in his matches. It it, it it totally hit. If you want to know how petty WWE is, though, with uh, this sort of stuff, is that this theme is no longer available on Apple Music mm-hmm. or uh, oh. on Spotify either. I don't think so. All WWE's mm-hmm. like music's uploaded there, but they've conveniently uh, deleted Ambrose's off there, Dicky. Well, yeah, and and I think it's. It, it, I alluded to it before, but there was a a serious dispute between um, CFO, who, who I think is two two people, two producers, make up that that uh, that, that group. Um, and I, I believe it was yeah, just pretty much that <clears throat> they wanted funny funny thing. They actually wanted um, you know royalties for the music being played. <laughs> And oh, uh, dare they. WWE went, we don't fucking do that here. Um, <laughs> and uh, ne- well, ne- next thing you're going to say is you're going to join a union. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting. I mean, anybody who has moved on from the company or has uh, a new track, you know, they're not available because, WWE want to be like, you know, I, I think they came to terms with CFO in and and they pay them for the music that they use, but they, there was a, a very concerted effort uh, two or three years ago that pe- people's music just started changing. And I, I one of my, actually one of my favourite tracks was um, Shayna Baszler's music. And mm. it's just one day she came out to this just awful thing you're like what the fuck did they do that for and and then you just started seeing it with so many other um so many other wrestlers but what's funny is that there's still ones that they just can't let go of for obvious reasons mm-hmm. you know so they still pay for AJ Styles his music that's CFO they still pay for Kevin Owens you know that's CFO they they still pay for Cedric Alexander's music, obviously a banger. We all, you know, see him every week. I don't know why that one still not hasn't been removed from, from Apple Music. Um, but in terms of this track, I mean it it's a funny one because it's like I agree with everything that you guys said, and then and I now said it multiple times in terms of, you know, it, it serves its purpose and all that sort of stuff. But it's nowhere near my favorite wrestling theme of this this group the the cfo group um you know i even liked fucking mike and maria canellis's you know <laughs> music <laughs> maybe a bit more that one is on my apple playlist or at least 
<laughs> or at least was. I can't even remember it, but it, it, it it's on there. Whereas this one never really made it because, like I said, you know, it it serves its purpose as we all agree and all that sort of stuff. But I feel it's it's a bit basic. Um, I kind of feel like if I was their boss, and I'm not saying if I was Vince because I don't know if he really cares about this sort of stuff, but maybe Kevin Dunn or something. If I was Kevin Dunn, I would have said, yeah, it's it's good. It's not bad. I like it. But I think you can do better. That's what I would have said. And that's not taking away from the track. That's not saying it doesn't work or anything like that. But I just feel like it's maybe it's missing something. It's It's got a kind of generic-y kind of feel about it, even though it works and it's fine. And... Again, it's WWE. It's like, well, you know, it's a bunch of generic people. But these CFO guys, that they put out some real bangers. You know, Bobby Roode's glorious theme. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme. Oh, no, wait, was that? No, that was them. Yeah, that was them. Yeah. Um, you know, this shit just hit on a different level. And I felt that, yeah, Mox's theme, Dean Ambrose's theme was... Yeah, it just lacked a little something. What do you think it was missing then? I kind of get what you're saying, yeah, but I, I think as far as, like, nobody sort of, like, cares about the themes past the first sort of 10 seconds, especially in WWE, but I, I think it definitely gets the point across. Yeah, look, I mean, again, I remember being at a a house show, an NXT house show in the Gold Coast of Australia, in 2016, maybe, and Bobby Roode comes out and they play Glorious. And this kid in front of me jumps out of his chair, stands in the aisleway, which is probably a fire risk, and he just does the, the pose and just sings along with the song mm. and all that sort of stuff. And... I mean, of course, that track would absolutely not work for for Dean Ambrose. But in terms of, like, what it's missing, you know, even Seth Rollins' theme, which I believe is still the same one since after they broke up. You know, he's gotten the, the crowd to sing and all this sort of stuff. No, they've changed you know, Mox- it. It was, used to be, it used to be the burn it down one, didn't it? With the, uh, like, oh, it is different now, there. isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Burn- yeah, okay, right. No, you're right. It is different now. But regardless, like, that, you know, it's not. It's probably not CFO. No, it wouldn't be a CFO track anymore because that would have been one of the, the ones that they got rid of and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, the point is that it's these ones that elicit something from the crowd. And as a track, I feel like it does its job to tell the crowd who this is. It works for the character. You know, it's, like you said, a great thing to to run down to. But I don't really see the crowd kind of like, I just don't really feel like it's memorable. Mm. And, you know, to be honest, that's a, a, a great you know, a, a sort of a, a great symmetry with his career in WWE. You know, to be honest, it was good. He, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really that memorable compared to other people. Yeah. 
Especially, yeah, around the, yeah, his WWE career. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd, he'd probably agree with that as well. Um, but jump into 2019 and Moxie's out of WWE, signs a multi-year contract with AEW as well as appearing on the Indies and for New Japan. Makes his in-ring debut at Fight Fest against Joey Janela as a new theme by Violent Idols. As I said there, this song by Violent Idols, a band from Las Vegas with their frontman originally titled V in an ever-changing lineup of backing band, describes himself as aggressive, multi-layered and melodic, like an action movie. That's a direct quote. So he only did this and he also appeared at Double or Nothing 2023 doing Wild Thing Live. I assume he's a friend of Mox's, the Vegas connection, maybe. Not a fan of this theme at all. Really? Oh, I absolutely love this. I much prefer it over Wild Thing, especially... No, I, I, mean, I, I like this New Japan theme better than, than this one and Wild Thing, actually. I, I know we haven't gotten to that song yet, or I don't know if we're gonna, you're going to talk about that song, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't a fan of the song when I, when I first heard it when he came out. It sounded like it sounded like Rob Zomb- that Rob Zombie song. Oh yeah, it doesn't really sound like that, but that's a good song. Oh no, doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. That's I was gonna say, than, like, what are you talking about? It's a better song than than Billy Idols or Violent Idols by V. V. <laughs> but I used to like this, especially when he used to enter from like he used to when he used to enter from really outside the arena from the parking lot sort of thing, especially during the lockdown era of AEW, really suited him coming in through the crowd and his swagger as he came into the ring. But yeah, i would not actually thought about that. It does quite sound like um, that Rob Zombie song you so uh, eloquently put there, Brandon. Well, you know what it you know what it sounds like. It it sounds like it's a WWE thing. Really? I, I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought that this was who's the AEW guy, M- Mikey something. Mikey Ruckus. Mikey, Mikey Ruckus. Ruckus. I just, I, I was surprised to, to see that this he, he didn't make this because I just assumed that was it, it was part of his. Remember at the start of of AEW, like some people got some good tracks, but other ones were just like he had like. 60 minutes to pump something out and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. And you, you know, this one, I just, I, <laughs> I just feel like, no, he's got some good stuff. Leave him alone. All right. Battle, Fair battle enough. cry. This is fantastic. Um, was that Mikey Ruggis or not somebody else? I'm pretty sure it's Mikey. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I'll that's tell you what. Else, that, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 we'll have to take this offline. Um, okay. But, you know, I just felt with this track, like the whole, you know, this, this, it's just trying to like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I, what I hear is the fucking WCW sound alike music that they used to do of like actual tracks. And you know what? They do it in AEW a little bit as well. They just try to make the sound 
similar enough, like Samoa Joe's music, or is that from you? Know, someone's going to say, no, that's his original ROH theme. It's not, is it? That's just a ripoff of his it shows WWE that the similar music. music all through ROH, WWE, and TNA okay. and everything. So it's very similar to the whole he's had through his entire career. Maybe I should have picked someone else that, that I can't think of off the top of my head, so I'm not going to waste any time. But I just... I don't ha- like. I don't hate the track, and I again, not, not to be like agreeing with with you guys on on everything. Like I do agree with you, Martin, that it's perfectly fine. Like it it does its its job, but but I'm basically just repeating the exact same thing that they said about his WWE music because I just feel it's pretty much the exact same fucking thing. So yeah, it does its job. It, it, it first second you kind of know who it is and and all that sort of stuff and just copy and paste what I said about his WWE thing right here. It was little, it, hold up, it was um, L- little V Mills who did Kenny's theme, just for uh, if anyone's counting <laughs> yeah, that. Whoever that is. <laughs> exactly. But Dickie, you didn't find this aggressive, multi-layered, melodic, almost like an action <laughs> Wasn't like watching so, I mean, Commando for this... the first time. I mean, this is my other kind of issue is like yeah so this is what the guy's only track right so th- th- this is why i sort of for think it's, AEW, based on his... it's not his only track it's for his only track he did for aew uh, okay only track for aew okay yeah all right, gotcha um but was it created specifically for this yeah it was yeah yeah and so that's kind of what i get from it Oh, all right. I'll, I'll 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 just go back. Hold on. Not Samoa Joe's music. Music. Paul White's music. I'm pretty sure they tried to make that sound like his fucking WWE theme to the mm. point that they got the guy who did the vocals well to to come in and do. So anyway. That's you exactly can tell I'm going goes, through my yeah. Apple Music app, right? <laughs> right now. No um, BS. No, look, I, I found it, again, like there's nothing wrong with the track. Multi-layered, whatever, and all this sort of stuff. But I just think that they just listened to that CFO track and just kind of took the multiple layers from that and then just changed them slightly and then like a sandwich, put it back together. And, yeah, so it is multi-layered. Well, much to my annoyance, and by the sounds of it, not much for you guys, um, they changed his original theme to Wild Thing by the Trogs or by X, in this case, no. for AEW Revolution and the exploding barbed wire death match against Kenny Omega in March of 2021. I mean, obviously, Sushi Anita is the most famous wrestler to do those sorts of matches, and Wild Thing was his entrance theme, so it was like a homage to that, and... According to Mox, it was Tony Khan's idea to use the theme because obviously he loves paying for licensed music. Uh, Mox actually said he didn't like it at first, saying it's too derivative, it's too much. But then he slowly changed his mind and they used a version by X, which had become famous thanks to the film Major League. Um, Originally, just supposed to use it for the Revolution match, but it ended up sticking.
think everyone in the world knows how that truck goes. But for me, I get obviously using it as a homage to Anita and the exploding barbed wire death match. But I said, you mean WH Park in his leather jacket? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have the same energy as unscripted violence. I get the reference, but fans seem to love it. But for me, it just, I think Mox needs something a bit faster to come out to. And Brandon, I mean, I've never seen the film Major League. Does this hold a special place in your heart? I imagine that's a film that you you were really into. Oh, dude, when Major League came out, uh, the movie, I, I I beat that. We beat that movie to death, man. It was so, it's so good, so funny. Highly recommend it. Uh, <laughs> uh, does Mark, does this song Sheen. have a big part in that film, man? Oh, yeah. When Charlie Sheen comes out, Rick Vaughn the closer for the Indians and that was his theme and the crowd was going ape shit. And, uh, it fits synonymously with, uh, John Moxley, uh, when, when he would walk out into the ring, walk out from the crowd and into the, uh, to the, to the, through the arena and stuff like that. Total, total vibe, total tone setter. Like my only gripe is like, he's a baby. He's, it's a good baby face theme. It's not a good heel theme. So and, mm. and I'm, He's kind of a heel. He's a heel right now. It was, was a gray area. I don't fucking know. But uh, it's definitely not a heel theme. It's 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 a more of a party up anthem. Uh, it gets the gets the crowd going for the for the baby face to come and kick some ass or close the door on the ninth inning. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, Major League highly recommend it. Funny Joe Boo, <laughs> great movie. Uh, and it definitely fits Moxley for uh, for tone setting. What about you, Dickie? Yeah. Were, you, uh, were you a fan of this music for Moxley? Or do you think it's overstayed its welcome like me? I agree. No, I, 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 I'm, it's, it's one of those things that I just, I, I personally don't really think it works as a, as a wrestling, a wrestling entrance theme. Um, people might start yelling and screaming at me and say, oh, but Onita this and Onita that. Well, the thing is, is that, like, I personally never saw any of those matches and never saw them come out to those. It doesn't resonate anything with me, but that's just me. It's just my opinion. But my question is, how many people does it really resonate with? And if it doesn't, then I just, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't see the 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 two it just feels like oil and water to me in terms of wrestling music i don't even and this is the thing like i i actually really like the track but i don't i just don't think it it suits him i don't think it really i don't know if it would really suit anybody it's just it's just kind of yeah i don't know and 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 brandon hit it on the head as well i mean like it's not heel music at all um but I mean, I guess, yeah, you could say that maybe about a lot of people's music that it it's kind of worked one way and not the other. But it's it's such it's so popular or like uh, again, Ronda Rousey's music, I guess, is probably a good example. The the um, Joan Jett song, you know, that's right, right, and. Um, you know, but when she turns heel, it kind of doesn't really work. But it's, you know, they're so synonymous with that individual that you can't really change it. I mean, you can, but you kind of get a bit of backlash and it might be even worse and all that sort of stuff. Um, in this particular case, like, you know, I just feel like Moxley, his music in AEW, it, it's kind of, 
like just pay for Deftones, Tony. You can call it the Def Deftony Khan. There you go. De- <laughs> the Deftone one. <laughs> um, and I just I just feel like yeah, from what was it unscripted violence to to wild thing. It's really at this point I I almost feel like Mox is such a larger than life character on AEW that he should just not have entrance music anymore. He should just walk out and just be like, I'm just here to kill people. I don't need fucking music, you know, sort of thing. So, yeah, it's Maybe a, it's a bit work. of a thumbs down. Yeah, it's a bit of a thumbs down for me. Uh, I'm, I'm very much siding with you, Martin. And um, I was at least happy to see that or happy to hear that at Forbidden Door – I believe. What did they do? They did the the anarchy in the arena at Forbidden Door, uh, Forbidden Door Two. This this last one, mm. and I'm pretty sure the Blackpool Combat Club came out to his New Japan thing, so that, that made a lot more sense or something. Well, speaking of that, because as well as debuting for AEW, New Japan started to wear mystery vignettes of a man scratching a logo into a wooden bar. Mox. Revealed in May 2019, challenged Juice Robinson for the IWGP US Championship. And rather than sticking with his AW theme, Mox debuted with Death Rider. Now, this is it. I'm a huge fan of Steve Vai and car gods like that, and I absolutely love this theme. It sounds like he just came out of that teaser video where Grimy Bar kicked in the door and he's ready to fight. It totally, totally works for him. I know you're a big fan of this one as well, Brandon. Yeah, this song kicks ass. I mean, when when I heard that he was was wrestling Juice Robinson's first match in in New Japan, I was kind of pissed. I was kind of because... A man of his stature should have had a better matchup. <laughs> no disrespect to Juice, whatever. But I mean, I'm not a fan of Juice. I'm, uh, Juice is all right, but I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't really see. Well, anyway, this is not the Juice <laughs> Robinson uh, series. But uh, yeah, what do you think about his music? What do you think about Juice Robinson's music? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I, he, Moxley was awesome with the with the the gear too. To uh, uh, he looked like Josh Barnett with the trunks and everything. Uh, I, me and my personal opinion, I liked his New Japan gear when he first came up with the with the, mm. the shorts and the bar bar and uh, his pants that he has now. And the quads. Yeah, he looked quads. like a Look at them legs. He yeah, the he legs. Like a, he looked like a monster, man. A total hoss with those those shorts and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the steam totally kicks ass. And uh, I guess I guess when he was in a. AEW for like a couple shows. He used that theme also uh, only when he was wrestling New Japan matches uh, against a New Japan guy, right? It was, it was something weird like that. Uh, I don't know, but uh, mm. it, it totally kicked ass. And I was like, wow, why doesn't he just keep this theme? Because this theme is such an ass kicker. But uh, yeah, it's it's it definitely is one of my favorite uh, 
jams that he came out to. I know you've got a massive boner for his quads, Dickie, but I was never a fan of the shorts look. I uh, I don't know, uh-huh. just like, he's so yeah, I just got so used to him wrestling in jeans that or some you know variation on a jean that it just I, I couldn't get my head around these little shorts that he he wore for New Japan. Yeah, I think for me it was just more that I was like, just loved the quads. He, 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 <laughs> Hey man, those were you know it's like you got impressive legs, you know you know he's he was he was no Kevin Nash, you know with his you know chicken legs <laughs> or whatever. Um, so you know he should have been showing them off, but I think it was more like, yeah, you're right. I've seen him in the jeans, and I've seen him decline and suck, and I didn't think anything was going to come of him when he left, and then he turns up in. New Japan to wrestle and um and yeah I'm like wow this is a new guy you know what I mean this isn't Dean Ambrose this is you know and I I that's kind of was like it wasn't like oh wow look at those quads even though yeah it was but it was like oh wow like this is you know the, the the old thing is dead you know um and just even from that point on just the name Dean Ambrose just didn't seem right to even, you know, to even call him that or, or whatever. Like we still call Adam Copeland Edge, you know, he's not going to be able to shake that, um, but probably because he didn't really do much to try and shake that. Whereas, you know, Moxie came out and it was completely different. In terms of this 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 track, I mean, I, I again, side with all of you guys. I think it's really good. I, I personally, I'm sort of like, so when I listened to it, the 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 first bit with the, the the Harleys and the guitars and stuff like that, I personally feel that goes on just a little too long. Like I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that, but again, it's just from an entrance music point of view. Um, it's kind of like oh, I want to get to the the song now because I, I think the actual track is 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 really great. You know, it has that just killer feel to it and it is just yeah you you don't know what it's it's that whole silent kind of the silent killer you don't know what's going through his brain right now he could just come out and bite your face off which he did to juice robinson in that match so (laughs) so yeah thumb thumbs up on on this one and you know really when it comes to um i guess post WWE theme songs that aren't, uh, I guess, don't have a licensing issue, you know, I would take this one and put it over the top of all the other ones and just have this as his entrance music in, in AEW for sure. Yeah, I kind of agree that the shredding at the start goes on a bit too long. But, I, yeah, I don't know. For me, it still just works. Plus, it's... Uh... It's a, a long ramp at the Tokyo Dome as well, isn't it? So you gotta you gotta account for that as well. He comes he comes out in the five hundred section, doesn't he? Because he comes out through the yeah. crowd, isn't he? He's to take an elevator down. Yeah. <laughs> take so, that golf cart that uh that uh Andre the Giant took at that one WrestleMania. <laughs> they all had him, didn't they? At WrestleMania three, I think. They're all in the little uh those little rings. They were, <laughs> they, yeah, they were all in them, weren't they? It was that it was that recent Royal Rumble where only the the big guys had to uh, 
<laughs> Braun Strowman, Paul White, Mark Henry. You know, they all had to be, you know, shipped out. I mean, Paul White needs one of them now pretty much just to do his stand at the top of the, the ramp thing. Didn't they cut it out? Anyway. It was kind of like the entrance music could play and then five minutes later and then they'd be in the ring and all of a sudden... Well, they, yeah, they, sh- they shot around it. So they would walk out and, you know, they would do their rah, 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 and then they would cut back to the ring and then what you don't see is that they're hobbling towards a golf cart that's just off off the side of the stage and they get shipped down. Yeah, there's um, hilarious photos of that people took of these people going down on these things. Yeah, I mean, but, you don't uh, want to... I mean, you don't want to go to that AEW show and see uh, Paul White standing like a broken branch <laughs> winter time. <laughs> you don't want to see that. <laughs> you, you, you need to give him some grace. <laughs> no, no, he's not manly no, in a golf cart, apparently. Well, what, yeah. what was that they, one AEW, AEW show where Paul White was just standing there like a like a broken branch? The one that just happened, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, the, it was a dynamite. The, the man with no name street fight or something, right? <laughs> And he just he just stands at the top of the ramp. Everyone runs towards him, and he just punches them. And then he kind of hobbles to the back. I mean, poor guy. But that yeah. Why are we talking about this? But anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> so we've well, been through all these big themes, but he did bring um, L seven back for um, GCW. But he's also been using another theme for GCW. Only a couple of matches, a handful of matches. He's been using Violet by Hole, um, uh, Bloodsport against Alex Coughlin. He used it from memory. And I really wanted to play this just because it's a brilliant track just to uh, sort of put a, a bow on the end of uh, Mox's entrance themes, if you will. Just like little fish You should learn when to go I think it's fairly safe to say that Moxie's a riot girl at heart with L7 and now this fantastic song Absolutely brilliant. You're relevant what you think Courtney Love or whatever. That is an absolutely brilliant song. Love it. And that's why I had to include it at the end, even though he's only used it a couple of times. But songs allegedly written by Courtney Love about Billy Corgan in the early 90s. Um, I think Mox has got a problem with Billy Corgan too, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, you think, you, you, do you think he has an NWA run? He's going to come out to this song. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> But man, this this song totally. When I saw this match, the build for the song, and he's just waiting there outside of the building, waiting to come in in that uh, dingy uh, alley. It, and then like the song just builds and builds and builds, and then he, he starts walking through the crowds. It's 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 dope, man. It's it definitely hits uh, it hits differently. Uh, and I'm sure in that crowd, that song totally uh, kicked ass. Like it, it's it's. I, it's one. Of, it's one of his better, better choices for a theme. It's 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 incredible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, definitely a lot of themes of violence and resentments going through this song, Dicky, and certainly matches Mox as a character. 
Yeah, I guess that is at least the underlying theme to pretty much all of these things. Um, I guess if he's a, a riot girl at heart, I suppose I'm, I'm the opposite, I suppose, because uh, at least at least I have heard of, of Hole and, and Courtney Love, but um, I can't say I've, I've heard this track before or have really listened to any of their music. Um, is it because you're too much of a Billy Corgan guy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Billy Corgan guy. I'm a misogynist, obviously. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I guess it, it is just it just going back to like my my youth of kind of what I you know listened to at certain points of time, and and I, I can't even use the excuse of a, a we, I had the age difference between you know I'm a little bit younger than than you guys. Um, not right. too much, but uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Martin, in a group chat the other day, you said you had girlfriends in the nineties. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, <laughs> late nineties. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, but again, it's it's the difference between uh, uh, being fifteen in the year two thousand to uh, you know, you guys. I don't know. 25 in the year 2000 or whatever, but um, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Now I, I said, what I'm trying to say though, is I can't even use that as an excuse because I am the same age as John Moxley basically. So I was 12 in 1997 um, and he was listening to um, around, around the fur and uh, I hadn't quite got onto uh, Deftones at that point sort of thing. So yeah, it's uh, just the type of music just didn't really match. I was more of a corn and, and slipknot kind of guy at that young age and then and kind of, yeah, tried to figure out what was going on after that. But, yeah, Hole and stuff, that kind of, yeah, passed me by. Um, but, yeah, not, not, not too inoffensive. It's interesting, though, that he, because it's only, for, for the best of my knowledge, he only uses this track for GCW Bloodsport. Mm. There might be a couple other things. I don't know what he come. What does he come out to a wrestling revolver? Anything? Does, do we know? That's L7 as well, at revolver. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's just interesting why it's like, maybe it is just he feels like the lyrics are like specific to Bloodsport, where this is like, this isn't like wrestling or this is like uh, a fight. Or like, yeah, there's some sort of, blood sport tie-in with Billy Corgan that we don't know of. That they just don't like him. Um, but I just, yeah, it's not really a prominent theme for Mox, but it's definitely a good one and definitely suits him, especially for these. But I suppose to wrap up before we um, head out of here for this month, what if you had to pick one, Gun to your head, Brandon, what would you say is your favourite out of the uh, nine songs we played, the eight songs we played tonight? All right, so I mean, gun to my head, but if I pick the song, it's not gonna cost me money in a in a, in a DCMA or nothing like that, right? <laughs> it's a right. main event in any arena, right? Uh, I <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with his New Japan theme because <laughs> it's an it's original, it's a banger, it's it's totally totally an ass kicker. I I, I dig that theme a lot. I think it's very underrated. Now don't, don't pull you, the trigger. Now. Don't pull the trigger. No. <laughs> I won't. Uh, honestly, like Tony Khan, just pay for my own summer by Deftones because, like, I think that if you 
if you did like if you did something special with the actual entrance itself to go with the the music kind of like how you know stings got you know the lights go out and they had like the fake snow and stuff like that you know just something in terms of like you know, a, a, like a lighting change or something like that for this track and him coming out, like gun to my head, I would say this is not only is it my favorite like track that he's selected for his entrance music. I think that this would be one of the better wrestling entrance themes if you did it right, if you kind of timed it right with the um the bit where you know where you know shove it shove it shove it comes up sort of thing so that all the way i, I think i might go back to a match or something and 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 dub it over his entrance like dub it over wild uh, that'd be brilliant. how much you know how much better it is yeah i'm i'm torn between whole and deftones not just because i'm personally a fan of those two songs but as far as working for entrances yeah but it it would might have to be deftones like you say with the timing of it and you know all the aw production rather than it just being a track he used a few times on the indies i think that would work perfectly and you know he's even said you know he had to be talked into using wild thing i think you know i think he should be doing the talking and and talking tony Khan into using deftones i think that'd be a, he's just a happy to be track. there martin he's just happy yeah. to be there. <laughs> he was talked into using it tony Khan said look i that i couldn't just buy it for the one show they made me buy it in perpetuity <laughs> i need you to use it it's cost me 350 grand Can, you you wanted it for the one you're gonna have to use it for everything like, oh that okay. might be the reason yeah he's paid for it for two years or something so it might be coming up on that lease uh anytime soon hopefully that'd be fantastic yeah if, it, if that does happen Putting you guys on the spot here is there a track that you think that mox hasn't selected that would be good for an entrance theme for him, Brandon. Man. Ah. That's a tough one. Good question, man. Good qu- Thanks for putting us on the spot. Jesus oh, Christ. Man. <laughs> you hmm. frantically going through your playlists and stuff now. Yeah, I've got it open. Yeah. How about some uh, Skindred? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Bit of a reggae metal. I think he could oh get down God, with that, that for sure. That band kicks ass, but that 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 would be totally different. I don't think, I think it's. <laughs> um, how about <laughs> soundtrack to your escape by In Flames? That would be a pretty dope choice if they were uh, head to Gothenburg or somewhere, someplace in Sweden. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a tough question. It's a good question. Get get back to me. I'll I'll, I'll like, let me live my thinking cap on. Go ahead, Dickie. You try. Yeah, it is definitely one that I think requires a bit of thought, but you put us on the spot. So I'm going to go with um, Queens of the Stone Age, something from the album Songs for the Deaf. Not not no one knows, but there's a lot of, I think there's like a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, I'm going to put my hand up and say it's probably not the best answer, but it is It maybe something of, of my youth that I kind of listened to Um it's a bit more mellow, probably doesn't have a lot of violent undertones too much of. Um, but it could be interesting. I might listen I might listen to that album afterwards and see if I can actually find a, a track. 
Okay. Yeah, that'd be okay. pretty good. Like feel good tip of the summer or something like that. Right. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I got it. I got it. He should come out to Call On Me by Eric Preed's uh that would be That would, that be, would so be fantastic. <laughs> that would be so different and so out out of the box. But I think it, it that song's such a vibe, man. It's such a bop. If he came out to that, oh man, it, I think I think the place would 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 go would go absolutely apeshit because uh, <laughs> that song's a banger, man. Underrated dance song. You're all about the uh, mid two thousands DJ tracks today, aren't you? <laughs> oh man, dude, that got me through a lot of bad times. It, it, great gym music too, man. I'm not even gonna front on that. I think uh, Silvera by Gojira would be perfect mm. for Mox. If no one's heard that, go and check it out. That'd be a brilliant track for Mox to come out to. But then there's so many sort of like, especially in the sort of like heavy category that Mox could come out to. But um, yeah, I suppose that's it for it for this month. Poison Rana plugs, because I know uh, Mr. Brandon from New Jersey was on there uh, watching um, an 80s quote-unquote classic, weren't you? Oh, man, I was on with uh, Braden and Davey watching the movie Crawl. <laughs> We're talking about Liam Houston. I, I saw it in the VHS store, but I never uh, I never rented it out. Who was that? I uh, saw it in the video shop, but I never rented it out. Oh, dude, come on. It's great. You're missing out. Uh uh, Liam Neeson makes a is a is a cameo appearance. His third leg also makes it a cameo appearance. Total, total. <laughs> it's two hours too long, but I mean, you could have shortened it. But I, I used to have fun with it as a, when I was younger, watching that movie with my brothers. But uh, yeah, I was on there talking about that movie, uh, and uh, it was it was fun. It's a great. Fun. It is a great review, Brandon. By the way, it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Also, also, I think uh, John Moxley should come out to some Black Dahlia murder, uh, statutory ape. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be really that'd be really really suit him. Yeah. So, Dicky, you haven't been on any Poison Round shows this month. Any plugs that you've got to uh, got to give out this month? No, for for me personally, uh, no. Um, but I am. You know, now that we are in December, right? Because remembering that this is coming out in December, so you must pardon us as well because the the, the crawl review that we just referenced is probably a month old by this point. Um, <laughs> but the the um, the one thing that I am looking forward to, and you will only be able to hear this on the Poison Runner Network, possibly the Patreon. I'm not sure because it hasn't been fully fully announced. Um, but look out for. Home Alone 3 with John Pollock, Braden and Davey finish the, uh, oh, wow. the trilogy. <laughs> Unless something falls through, my understanding based on what we were all listening to on, on their shows is that uh, this is, you know, what is what is happening. They, they've done Home Alone 1 and 2 with John over the past couple of years, so they're going to finish it off with um, one of the lesser known <laughs> Home Alones, unfortunately, but uh, it's been over the past couple of years my favorite thing to look forward to Christmas time, and Brain and Davy they they always do Christmas very well, you know, in terms of uh, the shows that they put out. So I would definitely be looking out for that. But if you if you join the patron uh, the Poison Runner Patreon for just five dollars a month, I believe uh, yeah you can get the Kroll 
review that just came out. And uh, as of uh, as of speaking, I believe that they'll be putting out the Lord of the Rings: The Two Tower review, uh, as well as was it Survivor Series nineteen ninety six just came out yep. today as well. Um, Again, by the time you listen to this, you'll be like, yeah, that was ages ago. Um, so we do apologize. We're a little bit off with the, the schedule, but just follow along with the socials. You'll get all the, the schedule, and I'm sure there will be lots of Christmas-themed shows free and on the Patreon uh, that will be coming out. So so look out for that and possibly look out for something a huge and a huge announcement or an important announcement. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. But that also reminds Ooh. me, detox as well. That just just came out on the the free uh, free podcast with um, Brayden Harrington and Jordan Goodman. Congratulations, Jordan! Announced his engagement to his lovely partner yeah, Lily. Congratulations, Jordan! Um, Salud, I know he's a big fan of the show. So. Salud. Muzzletoff, or is that after you get married? I don't know. Anyway, so um, yeah, so detox also just dropped recently, so I haven't quite got around to listen to that yet. But um, but yeah, check it all out, and um, you know, everyone, everyone on the network is firing on all cylinders. We're we're dragging them down, but you know, hopefully, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll we'll get popular at one point in time. Definitely check all that stuff out on the Poison Runner Network. Tons of stuff. Always amazing shows from those two guys. And uh, that's it. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, as they say in the States. And uh, we will catch you next year with more Eagles Don't Hunt Flies. Until then, we'll see you later, Ambrose.